Welcome to Stay Grounded with your host, me, Raj Jana. I'm the founder of Java Press Coffee Company, and my life changed after my mentor died with three months left until retirement. That experience inspired me to start a personal journey to discover how we can all live a purpose-driven and meaningful life starting today. I interview everyone from best-selling authors and business moguls to extreme athletes and monks to discuss happiness, success, and fulfillment to uncover powerful takeaways that empower you to stay grounded and make passionate living a reality. To access post-podcast discussions, insights, and further resources, visit rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded. So thanks for joining me today. Now, let's get to grinding. Yo, yo, what's up, everyone? And welcome to this week's very special episode of Stay Grounded with my new friend, Mr. Oren Harris. So Oren is just a ball of energy. Oh my gosh, this conversation was so much fun for me to record. A friend of mine told me about Oren a little while back. He'd been working with him and I then I started following Orin on Instagram and I just felt this massive ball of energy with every single post this guy was putting out. And as I started learning more about him, I just I felt so called to have him on the show. And so just to give you a little background on Orin, Orin is a a love leader, a mastery coach, a transcendent artist, an awakener of evolutionary potential. He works with leaders, entrepreneurs, creatives and helps them tap into this incredible power of flow that exists within ourselves. And I mean, this conversation went in so many directions. We expanded on Oren's own journey into sort of building more mastery and awareness of his mental and emotional states. We dive deep into what union even means, what it means to be in union with the divine, with ourselves. We talk deeply about flow and how to integrate more flow into our lives, how to truly connect to a deep, deep, deep state of love that exists within us, how to calibrate to truth and how to develop more intimacy with ourselves as well as our partners and compadres on this journey of life. I mean, I just really appreciated this conversation. I appreciate how connected Orn is to his own heart, to his own spirit, and how he speaks from there. You know, I, I think there's a lot of brilliance that can come from being in our minds. Our minds are incredibly powerful tools for creation and problem solving and potential. But inherently, it's limited because the mind is based in what we know. The mind is mind is based in what we've experienced. The mind is based in what's already happened. But true, true, true potential exists at the level of the soul, at the level of spirit, at the level of connecting to something greater, to something infinite. And that's what I feel in Orin. Orin has spent so much of his time truly connecting to those feeling states within himself that when he speaks, it's coming from the space of deep awareness, of deep wisdom. And it landed for me, and I hope it lands for all of you. So enjoy this conversation. We have all of O's links inside of the show notes. If you want to go follow him on Instagram or reach out to him, please go there. And if you haven't already subscribed to the podcast on iTunes, all that means that every single time we release a new episode, it drops straight into your inbox. Tag us on social media with anything that may have resonated uh, from this episode for you. I just, I'm so grateful for you guys. Thank you for giving the show your attention. Thank you for giving us your presence and attention. We do not take it for granted. And we're so grateful for the opportunity to have these types of conversations and to bring you guys along for the ride. So... All right, I'm done babbling. Without further ado, here is my main man, Mr. Oren Harris. Enjoy. Yo, 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 what's up, everyone? And welcome to this week's very special episode of Stay Grounded. Hope everyone's having a brilliant day so far. Oren, welcome to the show. What's up? Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Dude, I... You're such a vibe, man. I just, I love your energy and I'm just so grateful that we get to dive in together today. I mean, there's so many directions that I want to take this conversation. Like I, I feel a little like, like even the conversation we had before this, you speaking about what's alive and present with you right now, like in all the dimensions just felt so expansive. I would love to start with one idea though. Okay. You said the word union. And you called it divine union. And you were speaking in the terms of relationship, I think, in that. But I think there's maybe a container we can set around, like, what do you define as divine union? You know, divine union is 
our relationship with the divine, the divine in us and each other, right? And whether you call it divine, God, the universe, infinite intelligence, but the divine, that which exists beyond the explainable, known, defined, you know, finite world. And so divine union in, there's an invitation for us to come deeper into union with ourselves, you know, our, our true selves and with the God within, I'll say, and then with each other and also with life. And so all of the things that we are pursuing, all of our goals, our visions, our intentions, just our life in general, and even our problem solving and all of this, there's this invitation to come into deeper intimacy and to with ourselves and with each other. And that's what I'm calling divine union and how that dovetails into actualizing our potential, right? Is that I feel like there's human potential and there's divine potential. Human potential, I would say, exists within the realm of like skill, talent, knowledge, resources. And there's, you know, it's almost infinite. But I, I believe that we don't really begin to approach our true potential until we get beyond ourselves. Self, like meaning the known self, like the things I can tell you, this is my history. This is what I know. This is what I don't know. These are my resources or right? But there's all of these resources, life, the infinite, our intuition, our extended network of community that we haven't even met that are also part of us. And when we're in union, then we have those resources available and essentially they are like a part of our own power, right? And so that's what I mean by coming into union. It's a state of intimacy with our heart, you know, our own soul. And then that extends out in our relationship with each other in life. What does that state of intimacy feel like? That's a great question. Do you dance or like, play drums or do like freestyle ciphers or anything like that? Any kind of group I like to dance. You like to dance. Yeah. Okay. You know, when you, you know, the cliche dance, like no one's watching. And when you dance and you like lose yourself, right. And it's like, you're being danced, you're dancing. And you also experience like you're being danced. There's an effortlessness there. There's a freedom there. There's a, an innocence there. There's just, there's an aliveness right? That's like union. You are united. There's less separation, right? It's not like there's the dance and the dancer becomes more one experience. This is what it feels like when you're in a flow state. There's still a sense of I, but everything's kind of like coalescing together. So that that's like an expression of unity, right? You are at one with the dance, right? However, that's occurring to you whether it's just occurring as like a feeling and feeling coming into form effortlessly, instantaneously and being expressed. Or even if you start having downloading visions of new dance moves that you can do in your, in your imagination, there's less separation and there's more unity separation, meaning there's not like this inspiration and the movement of dance. And then this other entity, like, what do I look like? How do I look? Should I dance like this? Should I dance like that? That creates a kind of separation. And so, to your question, that's one way that unity or being united with something feels in a group. I use the example of a drum circle or a freestyle cipher. It's like, you know, many bodies, but like one, it feels like one mind. There's one rhythm. Somehow you mm -hmm. just, you just know it's your time to speak, right? What is that intelligence? Right. And, and because there, there's an, there's a, an effortlessness to it because there is a higher intelligence that's at play and that's why it's more effortless that's so much i'm like in my <laughs> mind i'm like visually have you seen the movie soul the pixar movie no or like the dude like no I you haven't seen soul no uh -uh, oh no. my god thank you Lauren, for you me. have like you've got to watch it dude it's totally like it's like a pixar movie and it's about this guy who dies and like it it's like pixar's way of describing what happens before death and after death and like it's brilliant and in there he has this like like they do a good job of like explaining flow states and when you're in like when you're playing like a musical instrument or when you're when you're doing anything that's like just in your flow like 
you kind of leave your body and you access this infinite intelligence. And it's just, it's brilliant. I mean, I, I feel like just as you were speaking, I was like, oh my God, this guy's like reciting like, like soul right now. It's amazing, but giving a lot of form to it. I do have a question. What stops people from accessing that? If it's something that's, you know, as we're dancing, like it's something that comes naturally, like what stops us from truly actually losing, not losing ourselves, but like being immersed in it more, more frequently. I mean, fear, conditioning, you know, I think at a root level, our desire, it's not even our desire to be loved. It's how we've been programmed to seek approval and to seek love, right? Like that's really at the core and the the kind of undercurrent of any type of like people pleasing, which is just like kind of altering our way of being or behavior in order to try to feel love and to feel our value and to feel our, our worth, right? Like that's underlying all the conditioning and that's what disrupts the natural state, right? So for example, you know, one of the ways that flow like plays, plays out in, in real life is synchronicity, meaningful coincidences. You were thinking of something, imagining something, attending something, seeking for something, and then you bump into this person at a party and it's like, oh my God, I was just thinking that. That's that higher intelligence. Now, maybe... If you're in your head and in your idea of who you should be or your people pleaser is active, then when the impulse through inspiration, through passion, through curiosity comes to you to say something to this person, right, then maybe you don't say it. So then that moment, that magical moment, that synchronicity doesn't happen. So it's almost like it's not there. But what I'm saying is that the the natural self without the conditioning, whatever the conditioning is, I might be rude. This person doesn't, might not like me, whatever it is. When that's not there, what I'm saying is there is a natural, just the same way we're moved to dance on the dance floor. We're moved through resonance, through attraction, through magnetism towards certain moments. And in an example like that, you might just think to say to somebody like, Hey, that's a dope jacket you're wearing. Right. And then that kicks off a conversation, but that, that type of impulse can get intercepted at light speed subconsciously without even thinking about it. And then you don't say it. So then that flow moment, that synchronicity, that do, it, it doesn't happen or you don't get to experience it. Now, I do want to add one thing to this because we're, we're, I'm describing union in terms of flow and in terms of divine power and inspiration. And that's great. And it's like, what if you're having a shitty day? You're in a bad mood. What if you're not feeling the flow? Oh, you know, these are the type of questions that come up then the next access point is truth and vulnerability which might require courage <laughs> but that's still going to reveal the undercurrent this flow the potential that is existing in a moment it, it's what avails it to you so you don't have to be feeling like a rock star you know what i mean you don't have to be to actually access flow because when we move into a state of vulnerability, which often requires courage, a courage of heart, a courage and use our will to move into a state of vulnerability, then what happens is that conditioning that I was talking about gets melted. <laughs> and so instead of the mm. conditioning driving your behavior, now you go down this vulnerability elevator and go from the head to the heart, from fear back to love or acceptance. And then now you're just in the truth of the moment, not good or bad. It could be shitty. It could be amazing you're still connected to that natural current. Now you still have access. It's an access point to flow. So whether it looks like the high performance expression of flow, magical, I feel invincible, or just a moment of, of truth and connection and intimacy. But as soon as you tap back into that, the, the truth of the moment and you release some of the resistance of to just the isness of your experience and of a moment, then you're accessing flow again. And so in that sense, intimacy, if you're in a state of pure vulnerability, is also like union, right? Because now you're in union with your experience. You're united with what's going on beneath the surface in the depth of your own heart or in your feelings versus being disconnected from it or managing it. And when we're doing that, then we actually take ourselves out of flow, we distort the Wi-Fi signal from spirit, from our own intuition that is always giving us information 
to help us with our life. It's so fascinating, man. I, and I love that you anchored back into truth because I think that like when I feel those intuitive hits to have, especially with like my beloved, like, you know, we have a very conscious, open, like communicative relationship. But even today, this morning, I was having an intuitive feeling that I was terrified to talk to her about. And as I was like feeling it, my mind, I could see all the scripts right. in my mind just moving. I was like, all like, I, as I was like, right. and I was like, oh my God, oh my God. And even then, like the invitation to come into vulnerability and it truly actually then like, as I started talking to her, like I was starting getting teary eyed because it was something I was so afraid to say or express because of how it might affect her, how it might impact our relationship. Like it was like all these things that were showing up, but it was this, um, the resonance though was that feeling the feeling was like deep afterwards it was deep intimacy and it was like love it just felt this and it's interesting because it's what we want that's why there's a sense of relief if we go all the way if we arrive and release the resistance and come into intimacy it's not the way our ego would have designed getting the relief or the power that we're seeking but ultimately, experientially, we really realize or even remember again, like actually the very thing I was resisting, the intimacy, the vulnerability is actually the very thing that is fulfilling me. It's actually what I wanted. It just goes counter to our judgmental mind or the mind that's in fear, projecting all of this, these ideas onto truth, right? And so then we can create this resistance and this appearance and even convince ourselves that Hey, we'd rather be in self-preservation or managing ourselves or thinking of the perfect thing to say to try to make connection and love instead of what's actually going to create connection and love, even if the journey getting there is a little uncomfortable. But that's why going back to courage and will and applying our courage and our will to the directives of our spirit or our heart that might be saying, Hey, say it anyway. You know what I mean? Like lean in then the you know the prize is is intimacy and from intimacy this is how it dovetails back into like flow or into creation is that then it's possible to create it's more possible to create whatever you're trying to create with another person and on any scope because now you have more power because not you're not using your power to manage your emotions which is inevitably going to keep you stuck in your head there's very little power that we can generate for in our head. How do you cultivate courage in yourself? That's a great question. Just like immediately what came to me is I feel like the more I've accepted myself, I hadn't thought about this, this particular answer, because obviously it's not one answer, but the more I've accepted myself, the more I've loved myself, what that's translated into is a sense of honor, respect, and trust of myself. And somehow, this is just what's coming to me, that has translated in more courage, more courage to, to, to be myself. I'm kind of thinking out loud, like, how is that? correlating with courage but that's one of the things that has created more courage you know relationally and so yeah that's the first answer that came to me i think what's what's coming through for me as i'm hearing you say that is at least in my experience like it's the more i see myself the more i'm willing to allow other people to see me so there's this element of the more self-acceptance I practice, the more I'm willing to shine the light on all the parts of me that I might be holding judgment around or all the parts of me that I might be condemning or pushing away. It creates the space yeah. for like, okay, like I can see myself. Maybe I can invite another to see it, but it starts with you. Yeah. It starts with self and I'm kind of fascinated by this at the moment. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> what's fascinating you? Oh, God. Well, what's fascinating me is like, I don't have prescribed answers, right? And my path is multidimensional, just like everyone's, right? It's not like I took a three-step program to courage. I'm just, life has been my teacher. Love has been my teacher. And so it's fascinating to speak this answer in terms of, 
one of the ways that I built courage. That's what's fascinating to me. And I think that, you know, adding to that in self-love and self-compassion, which creates sight, spiritual sight to see and accept my own innocence and be able to see someone else's innocence, then that's also expanded my awareness. And I think that, you know, on a basic fundamental human level, we are moved by pain and pleasure. And so the more I, I've been, I've grown in courage, but also by, by growing in love and growing in awareness and realizing like what is really happening and, and what is really true. And so it's inspired me to apply my courage towards my heart, towards truth and to fall in love with truth and to be willing to die in a sense or die to any perspective I'm holding to die. You know what it is? I've also died metaphorically speaking and been reborn so many times that that's stimulated a lot of courage in me and death in a moment might just be like, this is the innocence and the truth of my heart. I'm shaking and afraid to say this thing. And then I say it and I go through that and have the revelation, the realization and come into greater power and realize again, I've done that so many times that it's developed a kind of courage of heart, right? Cause I'm like, mm. I'm like, I can see no matter if I try to avoid this, I see, I can intuit and see and know what is true fundamentally about me in terms of my innocence and who I am and the purity and intentions of my heart that, uh, and I've been willing to meet with these moments of vulnerability within myself and with life so many times that it's developed a certain kind of courage because I'm like, you know what? I'm not interested in, in fooling myself. Yeah. The truth can be uncomfortable. Love can be uncomfortable. And you know what it is? At some point, the scales tipped to where not living in truth, not moving towards love and maintaining this became more painful <laughs> than, mm, yeah. than the pain of, you know, whatever rejection or being misunderstood. At some point, the scales tip and that developed a kind of courage or motivation because I'm like, you know what? Uncomfortable potentially in both directions, but one has a high upside potential. The other one is predictable misery. And I die within, mm. I die within myself. And, and you know what I mean? What do they say? Die with your music still in you or one of my favorite quotes is uh if you bring forth that which is within you then that which you bring forth will save you if you do not bring forth that which is within you then what you do not bring forth will destroy you mm. 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 talk about an inspirational quote to bring you into truth like i mean because that's the big fallacy, right? It's if we, if we somehow, some way control the outcome, if we somehow, some way feel safe, we will be more fulfilled or happier right. or in the future, things will be exactly what we need it to be. But it's the biggest fallacy of all. Like, I mean, it is it's the, it's, ma- it's it's, the matrix. It literally, it's the matrix. <laughs> <laughs> that might, be, that might just be the matrix. <laughs> You know, I, I want to key in on something, a few things you said, and I'm going to just say both of them. So whatever feels like being answered, go ahead. One is you mentioned being able to see the innocence of yourself and the innocence of another. I'd love for you to unpack that idea. Mm. Um, and then two, I think you said something about like at some point the scales shifted. And can you actually remember moments where you did feel the shift? And what was the dialogue happening for you that like made you realize like, cause I think that's a really powerful anchoring point. Mm-hmm. I think most people, it's like, it's like an uphill battle in the beginning to see yourself to feel seen. And like, I'd love to paint the upside of like what that shift even feels like so that it can inspire people who are on that path of like having the hard conversations, doing the things they're afraid of doing, but they don't feel like it's natural to them yet. Right. Yeah, I definitely remember many moments and I'll start with a key phrase that came to me and I've shared this before is I'd rather betray the world than betray my own soul. I'd rather betray the world than betray my own heart. And what that meant for me was not betrayal in like a negative sense of being out of integrity, but I'd rather be in the truth of my who I am and be misperceived 
be perceived as if I'm causing pain or as if I don't care. I'd rather that, if it came down to it, I'd rather that happen than betray my own heart, betray my own soul and try to manage people's perceptions and show up a certain way, but then start dying inside. All right. So that was one key marker. And I remember a moment in time where I was having this text message conversation with someone and you know, they were going through a little bit of a hard time and they texted me. I don't remember exactly what the text said, but basically they were perceiving that I did my response. They were perceiving that I didn't care about them, that I didn't love them. Right. And I was about to pick the phone up and defend myself. Or I didn't think I was defending myself, by the way. Initially, I was about to pick the phone up and be like, no, 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 no. That's not true. That's not true. That's not, that's not what I meant. Like, like basically trying to say, no, I, I love you, you know, or everything's okay. And it was one of those moments where my spirit came through so clearly, like, do not pick up the phone. It literally is like the phone. I was like, I was like everything in me because I realized where I was coming from. In my mind, I thought I was coming from a place of love and harmony and connection and really just wanting to, exp- to, to support this person. But I realized it's like catching something that previously would have been subconscious to me and seemed innocently just like, of course, like, let me just send the text and say, Hey, you know, I'm sorry, or I didn't mean it. And just like, but I felt, I felt like I felt the truth. And the truth was, I felt my own heart. First of all, I was like, wait a minute, I do care. And I was like, well, if I care and my expression was one of love, then where am I coming from when I'm sent, wanting to send this text message? I'm like, I'm coming from trying to defend myself. And that's when I, it's like I got access to my subconscious in that moment. Oh, I'm trying to defend myself because I'm feeling uncomfortable and what I'm perceiving as a loss of love here, or this person is perceiving me that I'm not being loving. So how I actually feel in my heart and how I'm being perceived and received is different. And that was, that was painful. So I'm like, oh, my response to them, even if it sounded loving, like, Hey, I love you, or let me explain myself was actually coming from fear. It was coming from judging myself. And I, re- I recognized it as a kind of betrayal of my own heart. And so spirit, my spirit was just like, don't respond unless you're truly moved to respond from your heart. And that next five minutes was, it was a long five minutes because as soon as I took my attention off of the innocent defensive response, you know, or trying to defend love or defend the perception here. Uh, as soon as I took my attention off of that, the pain got louder and I just, I sat with it and I was able to be with myself in a way that I hadn't before. Really. I recognize I'm like, well, what's true versus what is being perceived. And I'm like, I don't want to defend an illusion. I know myself, I know my heart, I know my intention, and it's okay if that person feels like I don't love them right now. Do I love me? And I think because I released the resistance that was coming from like this impulse to reach out and like defend or say the right thing, then that intensity of energy didn't last that long. It actually started calming down. And then I started having these realizations and then the, the, uh, I started having these realizations and being able to basically discovered in real time what self love really, really was. Or that was a very clear example for me. I was like, Oh, okay. I was in judgment of myself. I was feeling guilt and guilt is guilt and judgment is not who I am. It's not the truth of who I, it's not. So that was a big moment for me. And that was kind of a defining moment that helped me not only see more experientially what self-love was, but also what love for the other person was. So then fast forward, I did wind up sending a text message, but it came from the compassion that I had received in myself because I actually turned my attention to myself. And I don't remember what I said, but it was was a true expression from my heart and one of love and one that didn't require them to change and say, Hey, feel better. So I don't feel bad. You know what I mean? Tell me I'm a good person. <laughs> you know what I mean? So there's so many layers to that, dude. Like, and I, I really want to applaud the awareness. Cause I think that's the first step. Like I remembered one of the first shifts I had was I, 
I'm a chronic or from previous up until this, up until that point, at least I was very much very good at abandoning my own needs for another. And I would constantly be thinking about what other person, what another person's experience is and constantly like overanalyzing, trying to create the experience for them. And it wasn't until like, and it's really cool to hear even you say like, you felt the call from, from your spirit, like you felt it. And I'd love to unpack that with you too, because I think there's a lot of brilliance there. Like for me, it felt like just like an awareness. There was like a consciousness that was present that was like, oh my God, like you're doing it again. And that was the noise. And then I like calmed down. And I remember I was actually about to send like a 10 minute voice note to this person, which (laughs) nobody should send a 10 minute voice note to anybody. But I was was about to do that. And it was like this whole over-explaining. And it wasn't until I had that shift and that pause that I like, got to sit with the anxiety of what was there in right. the moment. And that became the greatest teacher. And and so I think there's something about us not being calibrated maybe like, but that took a long time of me getting a, like intimate with what's truth and what's the noise. And so do you have practices that you follow to sort of distinguish between truth and noise real time now, or like, as you've kind of developed that skill set for yourself, like, How's that journey evolved for you? Yeah, I, I like the evolution piece because it's so ingrained now that <clears throat> like the resonance and frequency of, of truth is just glaring that even the most subtle thing, it just stands out to me. Yeah, I totally feel that. <laughs> but, but that's definitely, <clears throat> that's definitely been an evolution. You know, and I think that you know, one thing that one realization that I had years ago was that all fear is a fear of feeling, right? If you trace down any fear, it's a fear of feeling something. It's that one moment, you know, it's it's not about the comment on your Instagram thread. It's about what is that feeling that you have a hard time feeling or that you do anything not to feel that one feeling, right? So I had that revelation and somewhere in the in that same, I guess, period of my life, I was also simultaneously realizing the liberation and the value of feeling, more deeply feeling my feelings and feeling them unconditionally. And I think that that's one of the things that people struggle with, even if they have the emotional intelligence to understand the value of feeling and, you know, the consequence of managing feelings, there still can be this uh, agenda or objective connected. Like, if I feel this, then I'll get away from this shitty feeling, you know? And so I realized the value of being able to just be with a feeling the same way I would be with my child if they were having the same feeling. Right. And so that was extremely helpful and became its own kind of, of practice. It's almost like the phone example story is a, is a good one because I realized that okay, I thought my primary goal was to say the right thing or to give this expression of care or love. But I realized because what was most present was this feeling that I was having and it didn't feel empowering. I'm like, this is the primary goal is to be with myself. And so that's another thing I'm adding into anything that I've done that's been helpful is just this paradigm shift of prioritization of mm. realizing the benefit of being with my feeling and ideally without any condition on it and realizing the consequence of suppressing, repressing and managing and manipulating my feelings. And so that awareness has shaped my, I guess, practices at any moment. If I'm having a difficult time. You know, so I kind of flow with almost like the feminine and masculine aspect, right? It's like feminine, I would say, is more like uncondition, the unconditional nurturing, full, total acceptance, compassion, energy of love, right? And then the masculine is like clarity, truth, direction, analyzation. What is this, right? And if you try to jump to that and you don't have enough momentum here, you either can't execute on it or you you can't sustain it and i and i would say the reverse is true in a sense too 
if you're, and this one's a, a little bit more nuanced, if you're being with your feeling, right? But then you miss the flow of the impulse towards action, towards decision, towards truth, then that's incomplete as well. And so that's been a kind of practice to just to synthesize yeah. the answer to your question that I've had that I implement even in my relationship is the recognition of like, okay, what's being called for right now is this more water energy, right? This is where the momentum is. And then now we can go into this like more fire action energy. And so I bring that into my relationships, into my leadership and also my leadership with myself, you know, the water side of love and the fire side of love, you know, or the, it's like the red pill, blue pill. And knowing which pill is actually needed in the moment. How do you make those decisions? What are you connecting to to make those decisions in the moment? Is it things you're looking for? Are you like, what are you assessing about the situation? I've one, I love that answer. And I think it's so incredible. I think it's really inspiring, actually. It's a form of self leadership and it's a form of, of really authentic relating and re- leadership, really like healthy masculine. I would call that truly actually to like be in that container and be able to, to guide those types of decisions. So like, what are you screening for when you're inside of a conversation with somebody? Yeah. Well, whether it's with someone or with myself, it's like we're getting impulses from this infinite intelligence. I spoke about at the beginning of our conversation. It comes through the heart. It comes through the body, like on the level of the mind, body to look at it on on like in a framework on a level of the mind. It's like, if my mind is overanalyzing and overactive, I know I'm disconnected. It doesn't matter how genius I think I am. And even if what I'm thinking about is brilliant and actually even true, the very act itself of overanalyzing and complexity, complexity is a sign, like the feeling of complexity, like, well, if this, then that, and this, I've come to know what that looks like in my mind and what it feels like in my body, right? And, and, and in the mind, it looks like complexity. In the energy body, it feels like contraction. You know, in the emotional body, it feels like anxiety. So I'm like, there's a signal right there. And it's like anything, any conclusion, any decision, and any action now that arises from that, even if it's literally the perfect action, which it may not be, <laughs> even if it's literally the perfect action or perfect assessment is not going to really be fruitful when it's coming through that frequency anyway. So that's on the level of the mind. I can recognize it in my body. Like literally if I'm in a conversation and in a flow with someone, like it literally feel like it's taking me effort to speak. So that's being sensitized to the body. It's like it's taking effort to speak when it's not actually the truth of the moment or the, not not the most important thing. So that's another signal. So this is within myself, but it's also within someone else. You know, it's it's like I was with a client last week. I did an immersion experience and we sat down at the beginning and I said, well, you know, what is it that, what do you want to create? What do you want? Like, what's your desire? I was asking him questions like this just to set the tone for our experience. And he's like, you know, here's what's going on in my business and my relationship. And I just like, I'm stuck. I just like, so what I want is I want to get unstuck. And so like, I can see and feel that what he's saying is arising from his mind. So it's some distortion or deviation or interpretation or fragmentation of what he really wants. And so instead of, instead of saying, Hey, I'm the brilliant coach. Let me help you get unstuck. I was like, what do you, what do you even mean? And he's like, what do you, I'm like, you know, I'm stuck. I'm like, no, I don't. I don't. In what way? So a question like that is an invitation into intimacy, intimacy with not just his mind, but like, what does that feel like? What do you mean? And then I, that's one question. Another one is like, is that true? that you're stuck. How can you prove that you're stuck? And it's like, pause, right? Well, I guess no. I was like, okay. Well, then what is true? That's a communication that I offered, but the communication came from that same awareness that I have of my own mind, my own emotional body, my own energy body, because I have that, I have that when I'm in communion or communication with someone else. 
So I can feel the differential between what's going on inside them and the purest communication and what it is that they're saying. And when there's a difference there, it just feels a certain way. It feels like, yeah, that sounds like a really amazing answer. Like that sounds true, but it doesn't feel like the truth or it feels like there's more, you know? So it's a incredibly valuable in relationships to know that even with my lady sometimes she said something the other day and i was like babe you're just nervous and she's like oh shit you're right i am you know but she was in this complexity of like this is important and this is important and we needed as as like yeah i i hear you i said babe it's okay you're just nervous and she's like oh i'm nervous you're right Yeah, I'd love to actually invite that into like, so as you're like creating these containers for more intimacy and truth, it sounds like those are the two poles. We have intimacy, which is like, and truth, which are both, I guess, both the same, but just different expressions of it. Like the, what do you mean versus what is true? How did both those poles come into play in your intimate relationship? Like inside of like your, your union with your lady, like, like how does that dance actually exist to, to create? And is there something to create from those two poles together like i would love any perspectives on that yeah you know it's it's not a like linear formula but usually there's some form like if there is any tension or conflict whether it's conscious or there's just tension and conflict happening beneath the surface it starts with connection but connection is not like positive or negative we got to get out any ideas of what connection looks like connection is just is truth. It's like, what's the truth of your experience, human, in front of me right now? Good or bad, right or wrong? No, just what is it? You know, like, who are you right now? Like, what's going on in your internal world? You're like, that's, that's what I mean by intimate. And so the mind, once again, in judgment might think that, you know, we need to be some, something other than what we are, and that that's going to create connection, but that's what creates this connection. Right. And so can, it starts with connection. And so in my relationship, if I feel one of the first impulses, if I'm in a moment of conversation with my woman, it doesn't matter what we're talking about. If I feel like, you know, we're not actually connected right now, then it's like step one, let's connect. And the thing that disconnects most people is some management of their internal world, which is having them be more so in their head rather than in their heart. So there's a disconnection happening there. And that's why I question like, if you were, especially if you really mean it, like, how are you doing? How are you feeling? What's going on? You know, is a connection type of question. And then once a connection's established, it opens up the potential for forward momentum on any creation, even if it's just like, hey, let's make a plan together, right? And so I prioritize connection and I've just gotten really good in my relationship with, Either, you know, the example of like just offering something and trusting that like, boo, you're, you know, you're, you're nervous right now. It's okay. Or asking her like, yeah, there's so many gems here. I'm trying to think of specific things. Sometimes if she comes to me with something, let's say that she is a little bit like trying to problem solve or feeling off in some way, whether it has something to do with our relationship or her business or whatever. I'll ask her sometimes, it's like, do you want my unconditional love and presence right now? And like, kind of like a hug, or do you want the Oracle? All right. She calls me an Oracle. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and I'm like, I'm like, hold on. I said, really, I really want you to tune into this because the way you're speaking right now, even though you're feeling, and this is what happens when you get, someone gets into a state of anxiety, they tend to go into their head and start being very masculine in the sense of like, just trying to feel safe and feel, feel empowered. And like, so it's like, they're trying to figure shit out. Right. And this is like a classic trap that men get into with women. Right. So I'll ask her sometimes you're like that question, you know, because here's the thing. If I start offering her solutions, but she really just needs a hug, then it doesn't matter how brilliant the solution is. You know, so I lead with acceptance and love, kind of like that's primary. And sometimes that gets expressed as me asking a question. Sometimes it gets expressed as me just hugging her or giving her something that she wants, even though she didn't know she wants it. 
until she gets it. And she's like, oh my God, this is exactly what I wanted. And then from there, anything that's creatively oriented, like planning, problem solving, creation, you know, what are we going to do for the business? Then I'll move, move with that. And that's the same thing with my clients too. You know, if they come and they're like, Hey, let's get to work, you know, trying to, you know, hit this in my business and blah, 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 blah. And, and it's like, and there's not a connection established or they're kind of like doo, 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 up in their head. And then I'm like, you know, slow down. How are you? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I'm just like imagining the avatar that of your client right now. And like this guy just like super high A about to get it. And like you just like pause the shit out of him. And he's like, oh, yeah. Dude, just chill for a sec. And like, just, just, how are you? <laughs> so good. I've dropped some bombs before. I mean, just like in the best way, you know, just disruptors. I had a, I had a client one time and we had a session scheduled for three. He he's owns a, a law firm and it was just like, he was putting out fires. Something crazy happened in the office. And he said, can we reschedule? I think our schedule, our session was scheduled for like 10 a.m. And then he said, can we reschedule for 2 p.m., you know, putting out some fires? And I said, yeah, no problem. So then when it came to be 2 p.m., he texts me again. And he's like, man, I still haven't figured this out or whatever. Can I apologize? Can we reschedule? And I said, <laughs> I said, no. And I said, do you have five minutes? Let's hop on a call right now. Just five minutes. This will be quick. And he's like, okay. And then I hop on the call and I told him, I told him the reason why I said no. I was like, you know, obviously you're a free man. You, we, you know, I'm going to make you do a session. But I said, no, because I understand you're under the gun right now. And, you know, you're trying to put out fires. And I said, so it doesn't make sense to you to slow down and have a, our, our session right now. And I said, but you're running around on a hamster wheel right now. And it's innocent. And you're trying to do the best that you can. But your what if you're wasting time i said something like that anyway long story short we did the session and he was able to solve his dilemma but it was another moment of it is another flavor instead of like how are you it's it's like another form of disruption that's really coming from me being willing to love but in the form of express a truth in the moment that might be uncomfortable it's like it's not like i needed to have a call with him, but that's what my spirit said was, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to reschedule or convince me. Let's talk for five minutes. And then convince me if you still think we should reschedule, then, then I'm open to it. If I was trying to be a good coach, instead of being love and just serving and trusting my own heart, being open, like, it's not like I was trying to control him. Then I wouldn't have said that. Yeah. Well, that's the piece. It's like, I think what I'm loving most about you as a being, to be honest, whether it's in relationship or as a coach or just as a dude who's just living his life and practicing awareness and then stepping into yourself. Like, I just appreciate how calibrated you are to your heart and your, and letting that be the guide. And it's really inspiring, man. And I think that's the thing I felt the second I kind of saw you. I was like, just this energy. And I was like, holy shit, this dude's just such a vibe. Because that's what I was feeling. I could feel your heart and I could feel it pour into the way you speak, the way you communicate your ideas, the way you're expressing yourself, the way that you do openly inspire. And it's really awesome. And I just like, I just have to mirror that to you because it's just, uh, it's a really beautiful thing, man. And I'm really grateful that that I got a chance to sit here and just ask a bunch of questions and, you know, yeah. be a, a, a humble, a humble student just listening. Cause it is, it's just, I, I love the way you exist. And so I really just want to say that because it's thank a beautiful you. thing. Thank you. I appreciate that brother. Yeah. Thank you for you that. Thank that, you for that reflection. Um, so if anybody wanted to learn more about you, get in touch with you, hear about your offerings, what would be the best way to do that? Instagram at Oren Harris, O-R-E-N-H-A-R-R-I-S. And my website's also orenharris.com. And I also have a free community called The Limitless Circle that can be accessed also through Instagram, through my Instagram bio. And I am on Facebook, but I'm not that active these days. But 
yeah, Instagram and my website are the two best ways to connect with me and what it is that I'm up to, what I'm creating, the things that I'm offering, et cetera, et cetera. Beautiful. And we'll keep all those links available in the show notes for anyone listening. Uh, Orin, I got one last question for you. In the midst of everything you're doing, everywhere you've been and everywhere you're going, how do you stay grounded? Love. Specifically prioritizing love. Letting it be the main thing. And, you know, that takes many shapes. May look like meditation, may look like connecting with myself. It may look like reaching out and expressing my love to someone else but love love has a way it's interesting when we tune into it or allow it of like relax relaxing and and grounding you know it also simultaneously opens us up to the infinite but it has a way of relaxing us because all the shit that we're maybe managing and our own perception, and I want to be this, and I should be this, and is it like when we really move into a space of love or acceptance? It is like a moment of relief or relaxation. Like, hey, you know, I can, I can chill. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm loved. I'm, you know, I'm, I can relax into that. So, several versions and iterations and expressions of that, but that I would say is is like my uh, my go to. I love you, dude. (laughs) I'm just grateful that we're connected, man. And I'm grateful that uh, we got to experience uh, just your light on this episode. And um, no, I'm just grateful. So thank you for being as you are. Everybody, that is a wrap for this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I'm your host, Raj. This is your new friend, Oren. And from us, stay grounded. We'll chat soon. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you found this interview helpful as you create your own ways to live an extraordinary life. For more resources and support, please visit www.rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded to join the official Stay Grounded Facebook group, a place where aspiring life enthusiasts can connect and ignite passion for life together. My hope is that the positivity, content, resources, and support in this group will resonate with you on a deeper level. That what you hear in our podcast, read in our thoughtful posts, or learn in our courses will empower you to live with intention, uncover true purpose, and challenge the internal dialogues that stop you from being who you really want to be in your life. Again, thanks so much for joining us. Stay grounded.